0: This portion of our broadcast day made possible by IMP Streams. Protect, preserve, and practice your right to free speech, unfiltered. For more information, visit IMPStreams.com. In our society, we're striving for a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socioeconomic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. Greetings and salutations, I'm Evangelist Dr. Sharon Westbrook, the host of God's input for You. On the Resilient Christian Radio Network, thank you for joining me for this broadcast. I appreciate each of you for listening. The focus of this broadcast is the blessings and importance of walking with God. The divinely inspired writers of the Word of God provide terms like faith, hope, love, joy, grace, peace and etc that we find as we read the bible and very often people tend to think of them as just vague notions whimsical ideas or abstract concepts but the term or phrase rather walk with god in the bible is not just a picturesque piece of poetic rhetoric or a cliche or a platitude to post on your social media page for to walk with god is man's innate responsibility and the fulfillment of every man's very existence that is why god created man differently than any other one of his creations on earth and i submit to you that man meaning both male and female has an inherent ability to walk with god yes Man's ability to walk with God is unlike any other creation on earth, for God fashioned, designed, and created man differently than any of his other creations. This distinct difference in man from any other of God's creations on earth is conveyed over and over again through the divinely inspired writers of the word of God. The Bible is clear in these differences between man's ability to walk with God than all other earthly creation's ability. For there is no other creation on earth whom God created that God communes with in the manner God does with man. There is no other creation on earth with whom God provides the dominion God provides to man. There is no other creation on earth whom God instructs to subdue the earth. And there is certainly no other creation on earth whom God created in his own image and breathed into the breath of life. And after receipt of the breath of life became a living soul as God did for man. For that reason, man is not like the animals which act mainly on instinct. No, man's resemblance of God, our creator, provides man with more than an innate fixed pattern of behavior. For God dignifies man with free will. Free will provides man with the fundamental power and capacity to choose between different possible courses of action independent from divine restraints. Therefore, if man inclines towards the unrighteous way to be wicked, he, she can choose to do so. Or if man inclines towards the righteous way to be holy, He, she, has the power to do so as well. I submit to you that God wants every man to use his or her free will to choose to be holy. So that man may walk with God. So much so that God showed forth his great love towards man. In that while man was yet sinners, meaning separated from God through disobedience to God's word, That God, our Father, sent his Son to redeem and restore man's ability to walk with him. Furthermore, those of us who live after Bethlehem and after Gethsemane and after Calvary and after the empty tomb and after the resurrection have an even greater ability to walk with God because God provides us with the ability to be Filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? Man can choose to have the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit to assist in walking with God. God is just so good. Thank you, God. I focus your attention to the fifth chapter of Genesis. I must convey the entire chapter is full of powerful inner that is so relevant for us today. However, I will limit today's broadcast to three verses verses 22 through 24 because they are the catalysts for this broadcast Genesis 5 22 through 24. In the King James Version of the Bible, you will find the following words And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Jesus. Thank you. The fifth chapter of Genesis from which contains the three previously read passages of scripture provides the generations of Adam. In the passages of scripture I read we find reference to Enoch and his generation. The Bible conveys very little about Enoch but in each instance we find Enoch did a great deal during the time he was born. And the time God took him. The New Testament mentions Enoch twice. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews and verses 14-15 of the letter of Jude. From those passages of scripture we find that Enoch is one of the great men of faith. And he was a prophet who spoke of God's judgment against the ungodly and their depravity. Additionally, we find that Enoch was the seventh generation from Adam through the faithful line of Seth. And more significantly in our focal scriptures, the writer lets us know that Enoch walked with God. Oh, Jesus. Every time I read that passage of scripture, it does something to me. It resonates so profoundly in my mind, so much so that as I share them with you, it is difficult for me to contain the praise resonating in my spirit. For in these three verses, we find a wealth of information, and I'm going to share several facts that I garner from them. That is, um, what's word do I want us to use? Um, I'll say relevant, important, and applicable to our relationship with God today. The first fact from our focal verses that I share with you is that the inspired writer of these passages of scripture provides Enoch's relationship with God, meaning his connection and or association with God uh, find divinely inspired writers' characteristics of Enoch's relationship with God so amazing because the writer testifies twice that Enoch walked with God. From the divinely inspired writers of the Word of God, we find the metaphor of walking with God in numerous scriptures. The use of this metaphor of walking with God implies more than merely living By rules and regulations, making daily resolutions that we fail to follow and should never be confused with religious rules, responsibilities, do's and don'ts. For to walk with God is much more than that. Because to walk with God, you must be willing to live a life in faith and agreement and our harmony with God. Enoch's testimony lets us know that we can conform to God's ways because we like Enoch can use our free will and choose to walk in harmony with God. Listen, Enoch's relationship with God went further than that of the men in his family. For it's clear that Adam knew God very well. The Bible testifies that God talked to Adam directly in the garden of Eden. Yet Adam's knowing God was not sufficient for his relationship to be that of one who walked with God. For knowing God is no substitute for walking with God, because to walk with God, man must conform to God's ways. The prophet Amos revealed an important truth about what it means to walk with God when he asked, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? In Amos 3 and 3, the word he used for together means a single thing or in a condition of unity. For example, a mix of pleasing musical notes that go together in harmony or agreement or um Two people riding a tandem bicycle, they have to be in rhythm with each other to move effectively. Or a group of people rowing a boat in the water, they have to move their oars at the same time to generate enough movement to go in the direction that they need to go in. Please understand, our walking with God does not mean that God has to change his pitch or note to sing in harmony with us. Nor does it mean that God has to get in rhythm with us while pedaling on a tandem bicycle or making his strokes of an oar match ours. It is getting ourselves into harmony or rhythm with him that allows us to walk with him. We are the ones who must become the new creation. We are the ones who have to unite with God. We are the ones who have to change our focus from pleasing men or ourselves to that of one who strives to please God. We are the ones who have to conform to God's way, not he to ours to walk with him. Another fact I share with you from the previously read passages of scripture is that the writer testifies Enoch's walk with God, pleased God. Well, you may question why that pleasing God is important. And I'm going to hit on this several times throughout this broadcast. I'm. Because it's so important for us to recognize Enoch was able to have a relationship with God, characterized as pleasing God, provides so much hope and confidence for us today. Because it articulates clearly that you and I have the ability to use our free will also to relate with God in a way that pleases God in the same manner as Enoch did. Yes, we too can choose to to, uh, pursue a relationship characterized as walking with God that pleases God in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation. Oh, yes, we can. Understand clearly, Enoch didn't live in a bubble or on an island that isolated him from sinful people. Nor did Enoch come from a family tree that was free from sinners. From the Bible, we know that sin was very prevalent throughout Enoch's lifetime and throughout his family. For Enoch lived during a time when men walked after his or her own lusts and sought to please their own desires more than to please God. The word was so un- the world during that time was so ungodly that it was a time full of sexual perversion, uh, uh, prejudice, uncontrolled violence, injustice and corruption at the highest seats of government. Does that sound familiar? furthermore Enoch's family was riddled with well-known sinners he was the great 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 grandson of Adam the man who by sin entered into the world and he was the great 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 nephew of Cain who was the first murderer in the world Notwithstanding the sinfulness of his generation and the ungodliness of the people in his family, Enoch chose to walk with God for over 300 years. Awesome, isn't it? Our ability to walk with God is not contingent upon anyone else. It doesn't matter how sinful and ungodly the people are in our families, in our communities, in our countries, or in our world. We can make up our minds and use our free will to choose to walk with God. We don't have to succumb to the temptation and distractions all around us because God fashioned, designed, and created us with the ability to to choose how we regard and associate and behave or connect with him individually, for that reason, we can hallelujah walk with God. The next fact that I find intriguing uh, that God about Enoch is that God used Enoch to prophesy. his generation. The divinely inspired writer of the word of God conveys and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. This is so fascinating to me because Enoch names his son Methuselah which in the Hebrew means when he is dead it will be sent. And in Jude 14 and 15 we find Enoch's prophesying of what would be sent. For he informed the people that God would execute judgment upon all. We know Enoch's prophecy happened because in the Bible we find that Methuselah lived 969 years and when he died God sent his judgment upon the world by the way of the flood. He gave man 969 years to get it right but but man chose not. To. So God sent the flood and Enoch's grandson Noah and his immediate family were the only survivors of the flood and the beauty of that is the word of God in Genesis 6 and 9 conveys that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. Additionally it conveys that Noah walked with God. Do you understand the significance of that? There is, no, there is so much in those passages of scripture that I reference. But I want you to focus on the substances that walking with God provides blessings. Unfathomable, divine blessings. Everyone in the world was destroyed but Noah Who walked with God and his immediate family were saved because Noah walked with God. Noah and Enoch are the only two that that has a relationship attributed to that of one who walked with God and look at the blessings. Enoch (laughs) was taken and Noah escaped the flood. Both of them escaped levels of death. Isn't that something? The next fact from our focal verses that I submit to you is that the divinely inspired writer of the fifth chapter of Genesis records over 1,500 years of human history in which he places Enoch among men who lived and died. Eight times in the fifth chapter, we find the divinely inspired writer conveying, and he died, and he died, but Enoch is the exception to the list. For when the writer gets to Enoch, who Jesus, he's the only man in the eight generations of Adam who the divinely inspired penman is not able to convey and he died. Because when the writer gets to Enoch, he conveys Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Thank you. Thank you, God. God took Enoch. The inspired writer of Hebrew 11 penned the following. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God my god today what an awesome feat for enoch to have such a great testimony of living a life that was so pleasing to god listen from the word of god we find that after the fall of man in the garden Men began, began to call upon the name of the Lord when Enoch's great-great-great-grandfather Enos was born. But there is no other man mentioned in the Bible before Enoch who experienced the true pleasure or enjoyment, joy, delight, and blessings of walking with God like Enoch. For Enoch experienced a communion with God that not even Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden. You know why? Because Enoch chose to please God more than himself or anyone else in his life unwaveringly, resulting in his ability to please God. Now, isn't that a blessing? What an awesome testimony Enoch has. My God, just think about it. Enoch chose to pursue a powerful spiritual relationship with God, attaining a dimension of uh, depth and breadth of relationship with God that pleased God so much that God himself made such a graphic statement by taking Enoch up to heaven. My God, today, that is so, 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 there is no human word or phrase that I can convey how remarkable or awesome or extraordinary that is. Enoch's life is a testimony that of not only how it is that we come to please God, but also what the reward is for those who seek to please God. The Bible will testify to the fact that Enoch wasn't the only one who pleased God. For through the divinely inspired writers of the word of God, you will find instances of men and women who chose to please God through faith in God. Abel pleased God and obtained the witness that he was righteous. Noah pleased God and as I said Previously, God saved him and his family from the flood, and he became heir of the righteousness of faith. Abraham pleased God, and God called him his friend and made him the father of many nations. Elisha pleased God, and God took him in a whirlwind. He, like Enoch, did not experience death. they are the only two recorded in the Bible that did not experience death. Mary pleased God and all nations of the world call her blessed because God allowed her to be the mother to the savior of the world. Jesus pleased God and God gave him all power in heaven and on earth and now Jesus our mediator, he sits on the right hand of God, our father pleading our case. And I submit to you that man today has the ability to please God. Therefore, we must be diligent to refrain from anything that is displeasing to God, pride, arrogance, self-exaltation, lying tongues, hands that shed blood of of innocent, uh, a, a heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil, being a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the saints of God are things that displeases God. Therefore, we must strive to walk with God daily because there is a great reward for those who please God. So what if you are not living a life that is pleasing God? The Bible provides things clearly that displease God and hurt us Uh, but thankfully God provides things that um, also pleases God and I'm going to try to go over some of them for us Uh, um, because God loves man so much as I expressed previously that he made a way to wash away man's sins and allows man to start afresh. And Jesus' sacrifice made this possible. And the Bible explains that in the book of Acts 3 and 19, uh, the apostle Peter expressed, repent and ye therefore and be converted that you, your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, the beautiful thing about repenting of sin, and that that's what pleases God, is that even this, you know, pleases God. And and Jesus said, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And um, another thing that pleases God is uh, fear the Lord, you know. Uh, The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. Psalms 147, 11. It's not that God delights in having us scared or terrified or afraid of him. The fear that is being referenced in that scripture is reverence and respect. Uh, Psalms 147 describes God as the one who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The passage praises his mercy and knowledge. He knows the names of all the stars, his power to save the humble. The Bible tells us to fear God, not because it is good for him, but because it is good for us to recognize that God is more powerful than anything else. And acknowledging this shows our deep respect for Him. Make no mistake about it. The proper fear and respect of God will motivate us to avoid sin. And it reminds us that God will hold us accountable for our actions. Also, fearing God allows us to rely on God and reverence Him. And that deepens our love to God. Another thing that uh, pleases God is obeying God. The divinely inspired writer of 1 Samuel 15 and 22 penned, Has the Lord as great delight in birth offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. In this passage, the prophet Samuel expressed God's displeasure with Israel's first king, Saul. Saul disobeyed God's direct command with the excuse that the people wanted to give what should have been destroyed to God instead. But God doesn't want our physical gifts if we are going to break his laws to give them. For God doesn't command us to obey just because it is good for Him, but because it is good for us. His laws and commands are beneficial and as a result of obeying Him, we grow in godly righteous character. We become more like Him. This is how to please God. The fact that obeying God is pleasing to Him is expressed in various ways throughout the Bible god has pleasure in righteousness he will bless those who choose to what pleases him and who abstain from sexual immorality and avoid breaking any of god's commandments another thing that pleases god is doing um his will in hebrews 13 and 21 the divinely inspired writer pen My God, may God make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Amen. If we want to learn how to please God, we must seek God's help to always do His will, as well as To ascertain God's will for our lives. God desires his commands and his plans uh, to be done. They're expressed in the Bible. In fact, he inspired writers to write the Bible to provide man with his will. Understand please, studying the Bible, meditating on it, and praying about it are keys to gaining a deep understanding of God's will. God's will for man goes beyond just knowing what God wants. It involves doing every good work. Working at maturing spiritually and becoming more like God. Jesus Christ set the ultimate example of doing God's will when he faced the terrible scourging and crucifixion for our sins. Yet he prayed, nevertheless... Not my will, but your will be done. And if we want to learn how to please God, we must seek God's help to do God's will. And lastly, I want to stress the importance of pleasing God. Now, I know... it's natural, or I want to say, it's human nature or human tendency to seek to please other people, uh, those that we can see, or uh, to please God, I, I mean, or to please ourselves. It's it's usually we're trying to please other people. I did a thing about people pleaser, or, uh, or to please ourselves. And we tend to find it more difficult to focus on pleasing God, the one we cannot see. Jesus pointed out the problem with seeking to please man while pretending to try to please God. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 6 and 1. He made a similar comment about praying and fasting to gain favor from men in verses 5 and 16. Instead, we should do these things privately and, and our Father who sees seek us in secret will himself reward us openly. The apostle Paul uses an, an interesting term to describe doing things just to be seen by others as eye service. Bond servants, he says in, in Colossians three and twenty two, bond servants, obey all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in, in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Paul himself understood the importance of pleasing God, not man. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so, we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our heart. That's 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4. When I think about it, I realize that God is the ultimate source of all the good things man receives. Even those things that come from a family member or friends or other people, God provides man all our blessings and life itself. And God offers man eternal life as his children. God is the one who deserves all of man's honor and worship. As King David wrote, every day I will bless you and I will praise you your name forever and forever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable or beyond your our understanding. That's Psalms 145, two and three. The angels in God's presence see this clearly. Revelation describes the 24 elders casting their crowns before God's Throne and saying, "You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and are created." As I expressed previously, there are so many benefits to pleasing God. However, no matter how much man pleases God, man can never come close to scratching the surface of what God done for man, much less what God wants to do for us. In this life, he offers awesome benefits such as uh, of general principles, such as when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Proverbs 16 and 7. I love this because in this life, man shall face persecution and tribulation. But Jesus Christ said, these things I have spoken to you that in me, you have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And in the future, he has an incredible gift in store for his faithful flock. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's in Luke 12 and 32. I just get overwhelmed because it's just so much hope in there. One of the most exciting descriptions of The utopian kingdom of God was recorded by King David, a man after God's own heart. He wrote, you will show me the path of life. Your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand and pleasures forevermore. See, saints of God, God himself is our reward when we choose to walk with Him. God is faithful to us. He's so kind, He's so merciful, He's so benevolent, He's so just, He's so awesome. And He allows us an opportunity, like Enoch, to experience the blessings of walking with him today we like Enoch must choose to please God until we receive the fullness of our reward when we hear God say well done thou good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord oh dear listeners it will be terrible to hear the words, depart from me, Ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. God is so loving and so kind, and I just ask that you make up your mind to choose to walk with God. There's no greater joy. You may not be caught up in a whirlwind. Or taken away. And you will have. Trouble in this life. But be of good cheer. Because God will never leave us. Nor forsake us. God is always with us. Even in the midst of. Our problems. So. I just ask that you choose to walk with God. My time is almost out, but I do not want to end this broadcast without sharing with you that John 3 and 16 conveys, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Additionally, Romans ten nine through ten conveys that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe sincerely, Romans ten nine through ten and John 3 and 16, I ask you to pray this brief prayer of salvation with me. Gracious God, our Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and you, God, raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. So that I might serve you, God. Forgive me of all of my sins. And blot out my transgression. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, you are saved. The angels in heaven are rejoicing because you're saved. You're a child of God. A new creation. All of your previous sins are forgiven. For that reason. I ask that you read your Bible. Pray daily. Find a church and join a church that teaches the word of God. Not the way man's doctrine. But the unadulterated word of God. I love you so much, and I appreciate you listening to this broadcast. You may follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on RCR Network. Please become a network partner. Um, You can cash at me. um, And uh, I just love each one of you, and I want you to be saved. Please pray for RCR Network. And our great producer, Mr. Cleveland Rhodes, as he embarks on new heights in God. Well, what I say unto one, I say unto all, watch and pray. Live holy every day. And remember, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. I love you. God bless you. Make wise choices. Portions of our broadcast day made possible by IMP Streams. Protect, preserve, and practice your right to free speech unfiltered. For more information, visit IMPstreams.com. Thank you for listening to God's inputs for you with evangelist Dr. Sharon Westbrook. Tune in next time with D.R. Westbrook's About God's Word for Your Life. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Dr. Sharon Westbrook's Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.